Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Impact Studios podcast series here at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business here in Ann Arbor. I'm your host, Jeffrey Sanchez-Burks, faculty director of the Impact Studio, where we harness design and business acumen to help create equitable, sustainable solutions for organizations. In this episode, I'll be talking with Justin Woods, an MBA and MSW dual graduate student at the University of Michigan, founder of Equity Social Venture, also a trainer in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and author on Medium. Hi, Justin. So tell us who you are and, and what are you doing these days? Yeah. So my name is Justin Woods. I'm a dual graduate student at the University of Michigan. Um, I'm pursuing graduate degrees um, in social work and business administration. Um, I'm currently in my third of six semesters in the program and I'm completing a, um, a clinical internship for my social work degree, but also I've been working, doing work on my social venture, Equity, this summer. And that's uh, definitely eating up most, if not all, of my time. Justin, recently you've uh, written about some of the mistakes that organizations are making in the response to um, racial injustice, systemic racism and prejudice. What are some examples uh, of things that you've seen organizations do that you just sort of put your head in your hands and shake your head and say, not again? Yeah, um, I think one of the ones that really frustrates me the most is just um, wanting to have some type of processing or listening event where you, you know, you identify a couple of, you know, your more prominent or higher up black people and ask them to share their experience and really mm. put them on display in a way. I think, you know, like a lot a of people hall. don't. Yeah, a town hall, um, you know, fireside chats, listening groups, any, you know, anything of the sort. And I think um, I understand the intentions, you know, there's this idea that we want to hear, we want to listen and learn. But I don't think people often realize that that can be, you know, re-traumatizing for people to to be on to be put on display in that way, to be asked to share things that are, you know, emotionally vulnerable and mm. and uh, in a mm. moment of trauma, lends itself to re-traumatization, particularly if people aren't taking action on that. Because what you have is people exposing their trauma, basically crying out, you know, their pain and, and asking, hoping that people will kind of take change. And and the absence of real meaningful change, you know, it really contributes to to potentially re-traumatization. So I know that's something that I see com- that's commonplace, and a lot of people are doing. Um, and I hope that maybe we could. Um, take a pause and be a little more intentional um, in thinking through what we hope to gain from those moments and what's potential harm that could be done as well. Tell us a little bit about your your equity venture. Yeah, so um, I started um, an event, uh, a venture, Equity Social Venture, and it's the the mission really is how can we um, develop help people to develop emotional intelligence. Um, as a way of advancing justice. The impetus for this was, again, yeah, just my history and, you know, working in, um, you know, working in the nonprofit industry and working on issues that tackle, or, you know, that are um, epidemics that are impacted by, you know, systemic racism. Um, it was clear that we need to have more dialogue and take more action around, you know, dismantling, um, you know, racism mm-hmm. within this country. And it's undoubtedly a, an emotionally charged topic. I've just been a part of too many conversations where, you know, not only white people and non-black people, but even black people, you know, struggle to navigate their emotions um, related to this topic. And so for me, I want to see, you know, what can we, you know, what, what teaching and learning can we do around emotional intelligence that people can have, hmm. have more effective dialogue and take more effective action when it comes to racial justice. It's difficult for people to acknowledge their discomfort or, or willing to be able to, um, yeah, just, just kind of have that disclosure. It's a vulnerable thing. And so, um, yeah, we really want to start at, at you know, can I address, hopefully identify a root cause here and really go after it. 
in that article you had written more recently, you talked about um, having organizations having some humility, uh, sort of accepting that there's not going to be a perfect response, and in a way, sort of having a bias towards action. Start start doing less talking, less promotional, and and more action oriented. Um, do you see sort of businesses more and more getting involved in this um, approach where they're taking the racial injustices in society as part of what they should be focusing on in addition to their business? Not being racially aware um, is, is costing businesses. And so I can only hope that, you know, as you know, we as a society become more racially conscious and that, you know, with social media, I think, you know, brands have to respond immediately oftentimes to, you know, products or marketing that they put into the world that, um, that people see as perpetuating racism or, um, you know, playing into stereotypes or, you know, or riddled with microaggressions and whatnot. And so I think it really is, I can only hope that we get to a point where it becomes a real financial liability for companies to not, you know, um, conduct their business and create products and be a, uh, a member of community in a way that does not um, perpetuate racism. I can hope that, you know, as, as we as a country become more aware and talking more about these topics, that it forces business to grow and evolve these topics as well. Um, we'll see. Um, I, yeah, well, I think, yeah, that, that is where we kind of have to, we'll have to wait and see. So what advice would you give to, um, to, to individuals within an organization about mm-hmm. how to have constructive conversations about racial bias? Yeah, um, I think it you know definitely depends on on a person's racial identity. I think you know for Black people, um, I would invite them to see maybe what healing they need to do. You know, I've been in a lot of spaces where I um, I get frustrated and I have a you know righteous anger and righteous indignation, and I, and I feel like sometimes it inhibits my ability to have meaningful dialogue. And so I know that's something that I need to do in terms of, you know, emotional intelligence and self-regulation, figuring out how can I navigate these spaces in a way that um, is just more caring for myself. It doesn't serve me to, to get too upset or to get too frustrated. Um, it's not good for my own health and well-being. So I think as, you know, Black people and organizations, I would encourage them to, to think about what they need to do for their own emotional health and well-being. Um, for non-Black people and white people, I think this is an invitation to really explore, you know, how did we get here? You know, how have you gotten to this point? And, you know, I think Robin D'Angelo asked this question of white fragility, you know, for people who are really thinking about, you know, what can I do? Where do I start? You know, and the mm-hmm. first question she, or the question she offers is, how did you get to this point in your life to not know about, you know, racism and not know, um, you know, about your own white privilege? And so I would encourage people to start there because I think that will allow people to think about to, or at least start to see some of the systems and the way that you know systemic racism manifests in their lives so maybe they'll see oh you know yeah I grew up in a predominantly white you know community or when I all the schools that I went to throughout my life are predominantly or disproportionately white or I went to a predominantly white institution or my friend group is predominantly white or when I sit down at the holidays and people at my table you know there isn't a good there isn't racial diversity, there aren't black people present, or, you know, I work at an organization where, you know, my team or my colleagues, the leadership, you know, there isn't representation there, or, you know, I am unaware about some of these, you know, historic events in our society that, um, you know, not only historical events, but just like policies of our government that, you know, perpetuate racism in certain ways. And, you know, or maybe looking at on a more organizational level, things like dress code um, or hiring requirements that may perpetuate racism. And so, yeah, I would just encourage people to get reflective, um, to have some patience and humility with themselves. I think another thing that's important is 
um, that I hear a lot is people are afraid of making mistakes or afraid of getting it wrong. Mm, saying um, the wrong it, thing, trying trying to have a conversation and but worried about how, about saying the wrong thing. Yeah, and I think that's you know it's really a manifestation of perfectionism. And even as a black person, I I don't get it right, you know. And I don't think there's anybody who has more of an interest in addressing racism, anti-black racism, than black people. And so I think we really have to get rid of that expectation that we're going to get it right, um, mm. and that we're you know that we're not going to make mistakes. I really think that stops a lot of people from taking action. In my experience, you know, within the business community, I think businesses are very. Um, can be very skittish on these topics because they really don't want to make a mistake from a uh, you know as a as a business as an entity as an organization. I really think we have to acknowledge that um, it's okay to make not necessarily it's okay to make mistakes, but that mistakes will happen, and we we can't let that be an excuse to not taking action. That's a really insightful perspective that I don't think is is out there. Um, this idea that humility is sort of a foundation to these conversations because if if people are afraid to say something wrong, they're not going to engage in those conversations. Absolutely. I think, you know, if, if this perspective maybe helps people with, you know, extending themselves a little humility and self-compassion, I think it actually makes more sense that, you know, people, you know, given that we, you know, most of us have, you know, grown up, you know, or people who grew up in America that, you know, we've grown up in an anti-black culture to actually make more sense that, you know, that you're unaware of these things, that you have a lot to learn and grow because that's a, just a product of your socialization in this country. And so, you know, if that awareness and that perspective, that framing, you know, will help people understand that it's really um, kind of unrealistic to think that you wouldn't, you know, perpetuate racism in some some way or be guilty of, you know, inflicting some, you know, some type of racial microaggressions on other people. Maybe that will, you know, give people a better baseline as to meeting themselves where they're at and kind of recognizing that they're a product of their their experience and what they've been exposed to. And, you, you know, there's this, a lot of discussion about how we can use business as, to, as a force for good or how to have a positive impact. And what I'm hearing in our conversation is you have sort of a real vision of how that's possible. Am I reading that right? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when I look at my venture, we, you know, um, the reason we explicitly put social venture the topic or in the title is that we really aren't, you know, it's not something that's looking to make a profit or to make a whole a whole lot of money. If anything, it's just something that hopes to be sustainable so that we can, you know, you know, do training and, and consulting for organizations to help them as they move down further down, um, you know, the spectrum of, of racial justice and that we take that money and invest in community um, and that we, you know, support, you know, um, communities of color and primarily black communities to to do some healing justice work and whatnot. And so I can definitely say um, as somebody who's, you know, starting a new venture, uh, it's a bit important. I understand how businesses work and understand, you know, how to, to make something financially sustainable. Um, that's an important key, particularly when you live in a capitalist culture. But um, I think at the same time, we can, we can do a lot of good if we choose to, and if we center that in the work that we're doing. And so um, I hope that businesses can, um, can share and, really centering, making a positive impact a part of what their organization, their business does. Well put. Thank you so much, Justin. This podcast was produced in collaboration with Patrick Johnson.